0: Hello everyone and thank you for joining us for week five of our Knowing You Jesus Lenten series. This week we're going to look at the chief cornerstone as presented in Luke chapter 20 verses 1-19. through If you remember last week we looked at how Jesus was the good shepherd. Before we read our scripture in Luke chapter 20, I want to ask you what is a cornerstone? Often today if a cornerstone is found on a building, uh, in any modern western construction, it's usually for decorative or commemorative purposes only. But originally, the purpose of the cornerstone was pivotal in masonry construction. The entire structure depended upon the quality, the strength, and the location of the cornerstone in ancient culture. It was meticulously chosen, chiseled, and placed. It was absolutely imperative that this was right. And so, let us go ahead and read Luke chapter 20, verses 1 through 19. And this is what it says and a section titled, The Authority of Jesus Questioned. One day as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple courts and proclaiming the good news, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, together with the elders, came up to him. Tell us by what authority you're doing these things, they said. Who gave you this authority? He replied, I will also give you a question. Tell me, John's baptism, was it from heaven or was it from human origin? They discussed this among themselves, and they said, If we say from heaven, he will ask, Well, didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, all the people will stone us, because they are persuaded that Joan himself was a prophet. So they answered, We don't know where it's from. Jesus said, Neither will I tell you. By what authority am I doing these things? And then he goes on to tell this parable of the tenants. He went on to tell the people this parable a man planted a vineyard rented it to some farmers and went away for a very long time at harvest time he sent a servant to the tenants so it would give him some of the fruit from the vineyard but the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed he sent another servant but that one also they beat and treated shamefully and sent him away empty-handed as well he sent still a third and they wounded him and also threw him out Verse 13, Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? Shall I send my son, whom I love? Perhaps then they will respect him. When the tenants saw him, they talked the matter over. They said to themselves, This is the heir. Let's kill him, and the inheritance will be all ours. So they threw, out, uh, threw him out of the vineyard, and they killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to the others. When the people heard this, they said, God forbid. Jesus looked directly at them and asked, Then what is the meaning of that which is written? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on the stone will be broken to pieces, and anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. The teachers of the law and the chief priests looked for a way to arrest him immediately, because they knew he had spoken this parable against them but they were also afraid of the people. And that will conclude our reading from Luke chapter 20, verses 1 through 19. Did you know that the cornerstone of the U.S. Capitol building in Washington, D.C. has been lost? The building has also been renovated multiple times and remodeled, and somehow the cornerstone was forgotten. It, it is amusing to think that the foundational cornerstone of such a significant building, as it was even laid by George Washington himself, could be lost, but heaven forbid we lose the cornerstone of our faith, of our church. The cornerstone of the church is not tradition, it's not doctrine or dogma or intellectual thought. The church's cornerstone is and will always be Jesus. Throughout the Old and New Testament, Jesus is often referred to as the chief cornerstone or the cornerstone. He was specifically chosen by God and though rejected by man was and is the only firm foundation on which salvation, the church, and our eternal life and God rest. So let's look at our first thought today. We need to know that Jesus, first of all, was chosen by God. 1 Peter 1.20 tells us that he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times, for your sake, kind of as we looked at last week. It references last times here, as last week we looked at ancient times, kind of referring back that. Jesus was with God in the beginning and therefore has always been a part of the story. We also see in Isaiah 28, verse 16, in the New Living Translation, it says, Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says, Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on, and whoever believes it shall never be shaken. That's an interesting thought there. It is the precious cornerstone, and we can always build upon it. You never have to worry about it. It's interesting to note in this scripture that the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and even the elders, were offended by Jesus' teaching um, as he was teaching in the temple courts. And they demanded to know who gave Jesus authority to teach like he was, and that's found in Luke 20, verses 1 and 2. But they were so blinded by their own pride and their religious authority and activity that they could not recognize the prophesied Messiah literally standing before them. He was right there. So where did Jesus' authority come from? Well, we know that from the word of God, his authority comes from God himself. The religious leaders from the day were unwilling to recognize Jesus' God-given authority because they did not want their own authority to be taken away. Long before the creation of the world, even before Adam and Eve entered the scene, um, God's instructions in the Garden of Eden were clear that Jesus was chosen by God to bring salvation. It's important to note here that Jesus is never plan B. He was always plan A. He wasn't an afterthought. He was the only thought. The purpose of Jesus' time spent among mankind was always determined um, as he arrived uh, in places often unexpected. One of the most unexpected we see Jesus show up um, is in a manger uh, wrapped in swaddling clothes. Uh, Long before he ever gathered his disciples, he came as a child. We know that he performed miracles, he encountered opposition, he radically turned the kingdom of God um, really on its head. But we see here that Jesus Christ was chosen by God and appointed to be that unshakable cornerstone. He is the cornerstone on which everything else needs to be built. We also see that uh, that Jesus was rejected by man. We see in Psalm 118, verse 22, uh, it kind of reiterates this again. It says, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Uh, for it to become the cornerstone, it has to be rejected. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, who is or who are the builders? Well, first of all, we can kind of pick on the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. They they were all builders. Their purpose was supposed to teach and lead the nation of Israel in obedience to God. But instead, their pride, their rigidity, uh, and their blind obedience to the law uh, distorted their understanding uh, of the source of the righteousness. And we, too, can enter into that space if we're not careful. Those who rejected Jesus are those who sought to silence him. Those who would eventually cry out in the chorus, Crucify! Instead of those who, uh, just a few days before, uh, were yelling Hosanna in the crowd. The rejection of Jesus from man that is documented throughout the Gospels uh, does not deter Jesus and his purpose. It's interesting, isn't it? When Jesus faced opposition, he didn't run away from it. He didn't shy away from it. He always told the truth and he always shared God's word wherever he was. When challenged by the religious leaders, Jesus always responds with a parable that demonstrates that the religious leaders of the day were the unrighteous tenants who ultimately killed the landowner's heir in order to receive the inheritance themselves. And what's crazy in this story is they actually do receive the inheritance. They receive eternal life just like you and I do, even though they don't deserve it. The religious leader's rejection of Jesus actually only served to fulfill messianic prophecy as well. And we see this in Isaiah 53 verse 3. That he was despised and rejected by mankind. He was a man of suffering. He was familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised. And we held him in low esteem. We've looked at how Jesus was chosen by God. We've looked at um, how he was rejected by man, and let's look at how Jesus is the foundation or the cornerstone uh, for all salvation. A very well-known verse that we all know is the classic John 3:16 through 18 uh, scripture, which says, "...for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him." Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. We also see in Acts 4:12, it says that salvation is found in no one else, for there is no name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. This parable Jesus told about the tenants uh, again references the killed landowner's heir in order to receive the inheritance. But of course, Jesus clearly details that their plan disastrously backfired, and leads to their own demise. The inheritance offered to us through Jesus is salvation that brings transformed, spirit-filled life that reunites us with God. It restores our relationship, as Acts 4:12 clearly states. Salvation simply cannot be found in anything else or no one else. There is no one that Jesus in whom we can find salvation, and there is nothing more than Jesus than we need in order to receive our salvation. You and I must guard against the downfall uh, of other things becoming our salvation, just like they had to guard against the downfall of the religious leaders of Jesus' day. We have to be awful careful about what we put our stock in. Knowing Jesus means knowing that he already is a trustworthy and a sure foundation, in his hands our salvation is secure. The religious leaders of Jesus' day, first of all, did not know Jesus was the Son of God. He was right there in front of them, but yet they missed it. They did not see their need of Him or accept Him as the Messiah. Their refusal to accept and know Jesus did not change Jesus' identity or the necessity of Him coming to earth. It simply and detrimentally meant that they forfeited His salvation. So, the question is, do you ask yourself, do you depend upon Jesus as the chief cornerstone of your life? Or have you made him only a decoration or a commemoration, just like a really pretty cornerstone of any building? Know today that Jesus is the chief cornerstone, and he is the only sure foundation of our salvation. So again, thank you for joining us today for week five of our Knowing You Jesus series, where we looked at Jesus being the chief cornerstone from Luke chapter 20, verses 1-19. through 19. If you have any questions, feel free to drop us a note uh, on our comments page uh, or write us on our Facebook page at the Salvation Army of Hot Springs. Again, thank you for joining us today, and may God bless you this Lenten season. Take care.